0: Hey folks, it's Jeff Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency and you are listening to my podcast called Successfully Funded. Here we go. Let's turn it up. Turn it up. All right, crowdfunders, how's everybody doing out there in crowdfunding land? You guys doing all right? So today is a very special episode. This is our 50th podcast. That's right. 50. So we started this obviously a few months ago. Uh, we've been doing two to three of these a week and that's how you get to 50, right? Uh, super excited uh, to have on today's episode. is a little bit of a two-parter. So the beginning of the conversation is actually just a little bit of a reflection, um, which agency is about a year old. Uh, so Sean, Paul, and myself got on the old uh, the old microphones and kind of just chat a little bit about this last year, um, you know, kind of things that, that uh, we've learned. Um, We also dealt with a little bit of a technical issue, so you'll hear that as well, which is wonderful. And I think that's a—I left it in there because, um, yeah, I think that's the that's the cornerstone of a uh, startup company, right? Dealing with uh, tech issues and issues of life. So, second part of this episode is my conversation with Nathan Chan. Uh, Nathan is the CEO of Founder Magazine, which is uh, something that prior to them launching a Kickstarter, I was already. Already into I, I I'm I'm an email I get their emails and I've uh, I read their magazines so it's all about entrepreneurship and I thought it was just uh, just an unbelievable story that Nathan has of of a you know of of, of creating this idea uh, about three years ago uh, to where he's got it now uh, where he's gotten his his um his company too um and we broke down a lot of great insight and good information this conversation so like i said it's a two-parter i'm excited about this uh um i didn't think we were going to get to 50 uh but we did and we're going to keep it going because uh these conversations i know are out there helping a lot of people and i'm very 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 excited about it so um just give you a little some some data um, so the, the founder lessons from the greatest entrepreneurs today, uh, it's the coffee table book, but it, more than that, I think it's, a, if you're an entrepreneur and you have your own business, you'd want to have this book around just to kind of be inspired and, you know, hear from guys like Tim Ferriss and Richard Branson, but, um, So, so just give you like I said, give you some data. So they had a thirty-seven thousand dollar goal, and they are currently at just under seventy thousand dollars. Fourteen days to go, eight hundred twenty-five backers, and uh, just a super, super cool thing, man. And the other interesting thing about for founder that we got into and we talked about was, um, you know, this is their first first physical product and i think that for a lot of companies out there is a major step uh something for woodshed agency we will be launching um, a physical product a uh, quarter one of next year not going to give it away quite yet because we're still tweaking the idea but um you know so i took this conversation uh really to heart and i think there's just a ton of information to learn on um on on, on social media content management you know, strategies to use. And then obviously once you get into building an audience selling to them. So, um, so like I said, we've got a great two-parter today. Uh, it's all about entrepreneurship. It's episode 50. So bef- instead of me just kind of ranting and telling you about what's going on here, um, uh, I'm going to get right to things I need you to do. So if you're enjoying the episodes, make sure you go tell a friend. Uh, have them subscribe, download them, send them out, you know, tell people, you know, especially people that you think might be into starting their own business. There's a lot of great info here. So hopefully you guys go to iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast, and, um, and sign up and you'll get these two or three times a week. Uh, second thing, if you are interested in joining our community, we've got a great crowdfunding community. Um, if you go to the website, you just click the join our community. You can sign up. We have started charging for that. I uh, got to keep the lights on, right? And but we've got a really good FAQ if you want to know why uh, we're switching our idea. We've we've gotten a, a um, we had it in a beta type of form. Where it was free to sign up, and but we've just switched that, and we are going to be putting a ton of effort into that. So if you want to live chat with myself and Sean and Paul and and hundreds of other crowd funders, that is the place to go. So. You can check that out. Uh, And then third, make sure you are signed up to get our RSS feeds. We've got a lot of blogs and a lot of info that comes off of us. Um, Not just for crowdfunding, but for digital marketing, social media, you know, email chains, just everything. Lots of good stuff out there. So hopefully you guys sign up for that. But all right, I think that's enough of me. I got my uh, my work out of the way. I uh, hope you guys enjoy episode 50. Uh, for all my subscribers out there, I want to thank you so much for, for uh, tuning in every week. And uh, let's kind of go ahead and kick it to my conversation uh, with Paul and Sean about the uh, first year of Woodshed Agency. And then after that, we'll kick it into Nathan Chan. All right, here's our, my first conversation.
1: I haven't said it
0: all And I feel
1: like there's so much more to say If you give me one learn how to fly and bring these chains that hold me in place but it can be so lonely here haunted by uncertainty I'm surrounded by these cold dogs.
0: everybody doing doing great cool so i wanted to take a minute um before our 50th episode to kind of discuss this sort of last year right you know we're kind of closing out our year here and i thought this would be a great time to just talk about um what's been going on with woodshed and maybe what we're thinking about in the future here for some stuff so uh that's what's on my mind you guys want to you guys cool with that yeah Sounds good. yeah Let's so yeah so i thought Let's actually start with Paul, because Sean, you and I have been down this rodeo before. We, we know, uh, you know, um, we, we've just done this before, but, but Paul, kind of what's your take on, you know, first year, we've got a healthy amount of clients, we've done some good and some bad, so. Um, Paul just yeah. went away. Yep, he did just go away.
2: He's got something going on with his modem or his wireless Is something.
0: Yep. Paul, you back at all?
2: Nope. let Just let it roll and just.
0: Well, this actually might be the best way to describe maybe the year. Yep. You know, you get it going a little bit, and then you got to take a take a step back. Yeah,
2: and... this is a uh, <laughs> yeah uh, yeah metaphor
0: hey, Met- metaphor
2: metaphor for <laughs> not using the same technology, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Let's, uh, you can put a laptop in the hand, but you can't get them to use it. You know, put the tools in the client's hand, use the tool, learn the tool.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to be honest, I'm smelling my lunch. It's in the oven and I'm very hungry, very hungry.
2: So there's, uh, there's a clock on this?
0: <laughs> there wasn't, but I thought this would be a quick 10-minuter. Yeah. You know, bingo, bango. Well, no. yeah. uh, oh, hey, 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 hey. You're back. Call you
3: back. I am back. Can
0: we? I don't know. Should we try it again? I don't know. Should we? Or do you think we should just see what happens? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's let's see. So, what we were talking about a minute ago is that we've we've uh, you know, we've got a year in, and I thought this would be a great opportunity to kind of chat a little bit before our 50th episode of the podcast, which is getting ready to launch uh, on Thursday this week. So I want to start with you, Paul. This is just a kind of, you know, what's your take on this last year, Ben? How are you feeling? Um, you know, what's been your ups and downs? Podcast-wise? Uh, Everything, man. Let's just talk about the business. Let's, you know, talk about Woodshed. I mean, we're entrepreneurs, right? We're knee-deep in it, I, year one. Yeah,
3: so, um, you know, this is my first plunge into entrepreneurism, you know really in any kind of formal way other than you know selling games um, and uh and you know what's really interesting about it is um, the the way the business model keeps changing for us you know at i mean early on uh we we talked about uh Hey, we're gonna we're gonna help people manage their their crowdfunding funding projects, and you know we've gotten to the point where now we're getting ready to launch a product, and you know a product is scalable in in ways that um, in in ways that hands-on consulting and hands-on management isn't. So, you know here it's been you know twelve months, and we're you know consistently you know changing the nature of our our business model you're changing it constantly with the way uh the way we reach out to prospective clients and how we um, uh, how we use uh, email and 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 ads it's um, it it's really interesting to me how uh you know a successful business is you know it's not like you sit down up front and say, "Hey, this is what our business is going to be, and this is how we're going to get things done, and this is how we're going to find clients, and this is how we're going to, um, and this is these are the products and services that we're going to offer." Uh, it's very easy to be wrong about that. We were wrong about some of that last December when we were talking about stuff, and uh, you know, your ability to pivot, and your ability to you know, f- you know, half the tools we use we don't use anymore. You know, that your your ability to be that uh, to recognize when you're down a rabbit hole, you shouldn't be down and to, you know, find a way forward. I mean, that to me has been the big, uh, sort of headcanon over the, over the past year is the things we're doing well, we're doing well because, you know, we all have different skills you in particular are good at recognizing when we've gone down a rabbit hole and pivoting, you know, to, uh, you know, to something new. Um, we've worked out the bugs in some of our uh, outreach to, to prospective clients. I mean, it's really um, that kind of problem solving. You wonder how many businesses fail just because, you know, when they, when they get into it, they, they can't. They can't get beyond their initial business plan, and they can't. You know, so that to me has been the, the real, you know, head
0: Sean, how about for you in terms of like, uh, you know, round, hundred, whatever we're on here, you and I, um, you know, how, how are you? You know, what was your kind of take? You know, we we mentioned we started this journey kind of back around December, late November, December. We started talking, right? Around I think around my table, like, hey, maybe we should try this. You know, what have you looked at this last year and said, um, man, that's that's uh, that's all right. You know, well, we're doing okay at the moment. I think for
2: you and I, psychologically, it's like we're veteran baseball players now. You know, like you and I know the phases, we know the model. You know, you. I look at Paul and I see, you know, he's exactly right about all the things that's happening, but you and I have come to expect it. You know, he's a little bit more like that, you know, hot hot draft off the bench who's experiencing spring training for the first time, experiencing the big game for the first time, you know. And How
0: about that, Paul? You're
2: the hot draft. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. But, you know, you <laughs> and I, like, when we see a knuckleballer come to a play, we, 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 we've been there before. We know what's coming. We know how to hit it, you know. And... Uh, I think back to how you and I reacted to tectonic changes that were happening with Groovebox Studios, and there was a lot more emotion and panic and and you know hand wringing that was going on with some of these decisions. And now we're just like, oh, you know that that's going to be a bear trap. Let's go over here now. You know, <laughs> we're more right. calm about it. You know,
0: so so kind of uh, to to Paul's point and something that I'm, I'm actually. That I want to openly discuss a little bit in this forum here is is I'm starting to feel this constant pivot is actually a bad thing. At what point, though, do you stop and go? It's all right. We have something, you know. You you can't just constantly be fixing, right? Well, I don't think we're
2: pivoting. You know, I think I think you know we're using buzzwords that maybe don't exactly apply to what we've been doing. Like our business model. Hasn't really changed from that first discussion when we we came up with the name Woodshed Agency. You know, I remember that discussion where we were saying, okay, we want to do crowdfunding consulting, we want to do a digital education piece, and the digital education piece was actually the bigger chunk of the pie we were talking about. And then we had this nebulous, you know, we're also going to do digital marketing outside of crowdfunding for people. Mm-hmm. And really, what happened is we kind of shedded those elements that weren't part of the focus so it wasn't wasn't a change in the business model was just hey let's not try to be somebody's pr agent for you know a makeup company that isn't crowdfunding that's well
3: we didn't we didn't you know we didn't buy a building
2: yeah exactly (laughs) you know
3: it's a good point yeah
2: we were you know that that was part of that right is we were going to do our own thing but we were going to cultivate these other businesses that could be outsourced. you know that that was way outside of the focus so we shed that. So it was mostly like shedding skill sets that we know we have that we that we knew could have been models, but weren't laser being focused on, you know, the end goal of becoming crowdfunding experts. So that's not so much of a pivot as it is, you know, understanding that we can't do all these things and we can't create scale unless we focus.
3: Yeah, I um, think the I think that's true. I mean I think the the core thing, our core expertise has, you know, remained the same throughout. You know, the core expertise is success at crowdfunding, you know, from a history of, of having done it successfully. And and what's changed are the social media landscape is changing in ways, and so we need to be responsive to that. Uh, and, you know, the tools and the mechanisms that we use, to, uh, you know, get the word out and, and also to, uh, you know, support our clients. So I think, I think it's uh, a fact of the business that we're going to have yes. to switch to different tools. They, yep. things, you know, algorithms, Facebook algorithms change. And so the way you do ads have to change the, um, you know, the tools, you know, you use for email outreach, uh, you know these providers they uh, they go out of business you know they um they burn through their v c funding and they're gone and you need to switch to something else um yeah. yeah, start comes along and you know suddenly we're we're using quickmail instead of you know yeah. what we were using so
2: exactly and and you know if you take a look at we're we're in the social media space right that's. That's what we're doing. The currency is social media, but we're in social media. You know, in this last year, look at how much our peers have evolved, right? Is Kickstarter and Facebook have embraced the live broadcast. You know, that's something that didn't exist a year ago. Now, you know, Facebook Live and Kickstarter Live are actual things and they're probably gonna become more important elements to success in marketing through social media. Than than they were last month, you know. Um, tools evolve, methodology evolves in the social media space, and that's never going to change for us. We're always going to be looking for new tools, and always embracing new tools. That's just the reality of it.
0: Well, Paul, let me kick this one to you because you and I had a, an off mic conversation not too long ago about, you know, how does a bigger company though get anywhere close to what we're describing as a strength of ours, right? Flipping these tools and shutting this off and shutting that on, you know, because there's so much politics or whatever might happen in a larger company or even a smaller entrepreneur company. Like how do you, if you don't have that inside, you know, you could be working on a year on the wrong tool, just spending money, not getting the results. How do you, get this inside of a, of a, of a more of a corporate setting, this sort of mindset.
3: Yeah. Uh, you know, in, in my experience, I mean, yeah, I mean, I can look back to like when IBM rolled out a, a a policy, allowing all of their employees to blog and to have a, you know, and to blog on, you know, uh, an IBM domain name, have your own personal employee blog. And, uh, and you know the, the the a vast number of uh, I mean it, you know it was the heyday of blogging, and uh, you know there was all this conversation out there about how you know you personalize your company by allowing your employees to be public representations of what you're what you're all about and what your values are and you know and to be more than just you know somebody on the other end of the phone when when somebody's calling for support. And uh, and yet, you know, how many other companies followed suit? You know, the, the company that I worked for at the time, you know, certainly didn't. It was very, uh, you know, any social media communication that went out at that time was all, you know, crafted by, you know, an internal group. Uh, the group moved very slowly because... Uh, there were approval processes for everything and things had to be structured in, you know, you had to have strategies associated with, you know, what your, uh, what kinds of things you were going to communicate about certain products. And so you had, had to involve product managers in in those conversations. And, uh, and as a result, you, you ended up with very, uh, you know, your social media output was very sanitized in a, you know, very, very corporate speak, the, um, you know, the social media accounts, the icon was the corporate logo and, uh, and there really wasn't, there was no humanity to it and there was no, um, and, and I think what companies try to do, and I think there's, I mean, there are, I mean, there are essentially two things that you could, that you can try to do, um. One is you can bring in consultants, and big companies typically do that. You know, they try and look for, you know, they they find consultants who are, you know, uh, more on the leading edge and who uh, who are more responsive to movement within the uh, within you know the digital marketing space, and who can sort of educate them. And they try and you know bring in a change program you know, and they roll out a few PowerPoint presentations and they roll out some policy changes and, um, and they, they, they try to do it. Usually they fail. They can't change the corporate culture. It's, it's too big. The, you know, as much as, you know, the, the leadership, you know, thinks that they, uh, you know, has made a determination that it needs to happen. They, they still can't make it happen. There's, people in departments and everybody has a history and uh, and it just doesn't happen. Uh, you know, the the other way to do it is um, you know particularly for like smaller companies. You know, if you've got twenty five employees or you've got, you know, or if you're a uh, um, you know you've got limited administrative overhead, you know, you can put a director into a into a social media position and just, you know, give that person power, you know, uh, hire somebody, you know, have them learn your business, have them help your business, find a voice and just do it. And, uh, and I, you know, when I look, you know, at the landscape, the, the kinds of, uh, organizations that succeed at that are smaller companies and, um, and things like universities where, um, you know, they can bring somebody into the administration and um, and find a voice for the university and, and just sort of take charge of their own social media.
0: Yeah. Hey, hey Sean, how about for you here? Um, you know, what's it like on your end? Because uh, internally, you're probably, unfortunately, well, there's three of us that are working on all this stuff all the time, right? But you're probably the last to know on a new tool. What's it like on your end when, you know, we've kind of made a decision and you're kind of catching up? Like, like how does that feel I guess in your world, um, you know, w- when this sort of stuff's kind of happening?
2: Well, I'm unique in that I react to change well, you know, like, and that's the music background, right? Like, you, you, I just got done doing a musical, right? And, you know, if someone's like, yeah, that the The drum book was, like, written poorly, and, you know, you, you rehearse a drum book for six months prior to a show, you get to the first rehearsal, and I'm like, yeah, we really hate everything that's written. Play it all different. Like, you know, some people would absolutely have their head explode, and I'm just like, okay, uh, what else do you want to hear, you know? So for me, it's like as long as I can grasp the tool and learn it, you know, usually they're not a, a vastly different thing. Like, I don't have to suddenly switch to Windows or... or or read French, you know, (laughs) it's, it's, uh, but I, you know, having worked in, in bigger companies, like specifically in my retail experience, like if you brought a new procedure to the retail environment, it's an absolute meltdown. You know, everybody just, it could be the end of it. I I did see those things kill a company, like with CompUSA, you know, constant changing of procedures, killed morale, killed productivity, Bye-bye, you know? So, unfortunately, th- this is why startups are unique in their ability to to scale quickly is with a smaller staff, with usually a more invested workforce, you can make these changes quicker, you know?
0: It's, it, it's funny. That the, 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 what, what's in my head here from, Paul, your experiences to Sean's, your experiences, we're really discussing not having fear, you know? Like, fear is the thing that will... Not allow you to I don't know, try out this new thing on Facebook or Twitter or whatever it might be, or you know, just see what happens, right? Paul, you're discussing it in the big p- bigger picture. It's like, just let the guy, you know, let's just see what happens, you know
3: Oh it yeah, looks- I mean when've when got uh, when you've got a brand that you've built over the course of 20 years, the hesitation is, man, we're going to do something that's:
0: Yes, lost. Yes. I thought that point was going to be good. The failure <laughs> pulse 680 retrying. Um, well, you know, I mean I, I mean Sean you and I like we were you and I were just talking right. We're talking about this fear thing, right? And it's something that we've seen hinder our projects. Um we've dealt with it. Uh, and it does take a set of you know what to to just say you know what let 's just see what happens we 'll throw it out there and and yeah. uh, and just go with it you it's, know and
2: it 's experience man and it 's not you know it 's not a revelation it happens in sports, it happens in music, it happens in business, it happens in life you know you know parenting right your first kid you know well, what 's the difference between your approach to Atticus versus neve you know <laughs> uh I'm sure you're not nearly as freaked out with stuff Neve does as you were first time around with Atticus.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely not. I mean, there's new stuff to learn. There's always new stuff to learn, right? But um, uh, so before we, I don't know if Paul's going to jump back on and on here or not. But uh, you know, so what are we looking at? Um, you know, uh, what do you see kind of in this next year? I mean, we've done a healthy amount in this first first run. I mean let's just we could just break it down right when we've we've had a healthy amount of clients we've we've you know uh we've gotten a few projects out the door that have that have launched and 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 have been funded that's my wife who's working from home who doesn't realize that I'm recording something right now she doesn't think I actually work so she just slammed the door so you can hear that but um <laughs> so uh you know We're getting ready to launch a product. We've started the podcast. We're on episode 50. I mean, that's quite a bit that's actually happened here. We've solidified our processes.
2: We have a big test, you know, and and this is is probably a similar position. A lot of our clients and a lot of the successful campaign owners from a year ago are in, right? So we've been up and running. You know, none of us are doing a full-time effort on, you know, spoiler alert, None of us are able to work full-time on woodshed agency right now. We all have side hustles, you know, that's, it's not cash flowing to the point to support three full-time incomes yet, but in this next year, it could very well do that. You know, there, there's several, several successful campaigns you've talked to. Um, we have our client projects like cream, you know, cream is on a full-time effort on, on the film right now. You know, they've, they're, they're in that world. Um, we get to find out this year if our assumptions are right, if we're able to scale up to the point, if the product does what we think it's going to do, if um, the, the roster of current clients that are about to launch in the near future do what we think they're going to do, um, we may be a year from now looking at the very real possibility that Woodshade Agency has become you know, our full-time source of income, revenue, and focus.
0: Paul, I'm did you back. join us again? There he is. There he is. Paul, how about yourself, man? What are you thinking next year looks like?
3: Oh man, I, you know, um, I, yeah, I think I think Sean said it. I mean, it, it um, it's a it's a clear um, trajectory. You know the the things that. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a clear upward trajectory through the next year in terms of uh, you know growing our client base, um, growing listenership on the podcast. I mean, all the little uh, you know, act, act, you know, not little, but I mean, you know, the the different activities that we've got. You know, the Slack channel, the you know, um, everything's everything's growing. You know, nothing's uh, decomposing really, and. Uh, right. So the next year is exactly like Sean said. I mean, it's, you know, um, you know, it's how, how steep is the curve?
0: Well, cool. Well, this was a great conversation. I'm glad we're going to, uh, put this in front of my, uh, my interview with Nathan Chan from the uh, founder magazine, which is all about entrepreneurship and, uh, their successful Kickstarter campaign. So, uh, guys, we had a good first year here. Let's see, uh, see if we can't crank it up next year. And, uh, you know, uh, Hit, some, hit, hit our new marks and our new goals. So, uh, cool. Uh, uh, high five high fives and pie all the yeah, way around. virtual high everybody. fives for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. I'll talk to you all later.
1: I can see the sun. The dust seems to outline golden rays. I put my hand up to the crack in the wall just to feel the warmth of the breeze.
4: i feel it like a
1: prisoner.
4: Sorry, brother. It's um. Oh, all good. It's 1 a.m. here. Is it 1 a.m.? Yeah, it's
0: night in the morning here for me.
4: Ah, awesome. Well, thank you so much for getting up early for me, man. I really appreciate it.
0: Oh, it's no problem, man. I was excited to talk. Uh, I'm a I'm a subscriber before the Kickstarter launch. So uh, when I saw that you were going to launch, I was like, all right, cool. I had to go back and then uh, and then you know. See if I can't get a chat with you because uh, I love your uh, I love your whole brand, everything that you're sending out. It's great stuff.
4: Ah, oh, well, thank you so much for the kind words and your support, brother. I really appreciate it, man.
0: Yeah, no problem. Well, why don't we start off with you kind of telling my listeners, um, you know, that don't know you, what you're doing and what you're uh, um, running a Kickstarter for?
4: Yeah, sure thing. So um, we run a, a digital media company, kind of education company too now, and uh, it's called Founder. And I started it uh, from my bedroom about three and a half years ago while I was working my day job and started off as just a magazine. Um, and the whole premise of the brand is to show people what it takes to become a successful entrepreneur, but not only just, you know, for any kind of entrepreneur, we we really target aspiring, novice stage, early stage startup founders, young entrepreneurs, and uh, yeah, we're really carving out a, a niche for ourselves. Um, so we have about a million plus consuming our content every single month, and uh, yeah, that's kind of where we're at. Um, the reason I started the Kickstarter campaign was. We're, as mentioned, we're a digital media company, you know, we have a digital magazine, we have a blog, a podcast, some educational products, um, a membership site, a few other bits and pieces and it's all revolved around entrepreneurship and we've been, you know, lucky enough to interview some of the greatest entrepreneurs of our generation like Richard Branson, Ariana Huffington, Tim Ferriss, Seth Godin, Damon John. List kind of goes on, and all be all, all you know, all blessed the, ma- the front covers of our magazines. And, um, you know, with thousands upon thousands of hours worth of content, we thought, you know, why don't we turn this into a book? But we don't like to do everything that everyone else does. And so instead of just creating a book and putting it on Amazon and, you know, trying to get the bestseller status or any of that kind of rubbish, um, we thought, you know, well, let's mix things up we're a digital magazine, why don't we create a print product for fun and let's mix things up even more and let's see if this is actually something that people care about enough that, you know, they they might be interested in buying the book before it exists. And uh, that's kind yeah. of how the whole concept came about.
0: I feel like yeah, this is a great coffee table book or something to kind of have around and just be inspired and go grab to it. That's why I backed it, because I was like, as an entrepreneur, I was like, there's gonna be some great stuff in this thing. So what's the book kind of about that is there, you know, in terms of lessons? Like what what's what's some meat and potatoes in it?
4: So we've we've handpicked um lessons and from from like I think at least forty seven plus entrepreneurs and founders. And the lessons are all broken down into chapters, so for example, the first chapter is on getting started so if you're getting started as an entrepreneur, there's certain things that you want to work out, like you know what what like prototyping or idea validation or vision or execution or um, passion and falling in love with with what you do. And then there's broken, and then, you know, it goes down into further chapters like, um, you know, product, and then, you know, uh, you know, raising capital. So we've broken it down into, you know, many different chapters and many different sections, and each chapter has many different sections. And then from each section, there's, a you know, pieces of words of wisdom that we've pulled, you know, hand-pulled, pull quotes from all these different issues and, you know, everywhere, you know, that we've we've. we've put together content and done interviews. But then also we've got tips that like, you know, on starting a business, scaling, content marketing, you name it, all these different tips. And then lastly, we've got a case study, at least one to two case studies at the end of each chapter. So it's a 250-page book and uh, it's extremely action-packed. I know it's a co- like because business coffee table books – Actually, don't exist, Jeff. So, um, right, right. you know, yeah. we, we wanted to make this a book that pretty much, um, I, I guess you you'd, you'd, you'd wouldn't want to just have on your coffee table. You'd actually want to read it to. Uh, right, right. So, yeah, and yeah. you can hold it in your you hand. Put it on too. your
0: desk, maybe. Maybe put it by the desk, right? Yeah. where you're working. If you can grab it and be like, yeah, what is this guy doing? That's great. That's really yeah. great. So, you know, kind of at what point did you start to think? Like, you know what, we do have enough for a book here. And how long ago was that where that idea kind of popped in the brain?
4: Wow. So so I actually had an idea for a book, like a Greatest Hits album. This is like a Greatest Hits album, man. This is like Tupac's Greatest see Hits. That, yeah. Um, so I I had this idea for this book when I left my day job. So I started found in March 2013. It took me about a year to build it up and then left my day job. And um, I had this idea sitting with me. I wrote it on a piece of paper um, somewhere and was like, yep, we're going to get our best stuff and put it into a book and put it on Amazon, just digital copy. And I don't know, I guess it, it took me about two years before we could actually, yeah, you know, two and a half years before we actually, oh, yeah, about two years before I actually said, yeah, let's pull the trigger on this thing. And it wasn't really that strategic in the sense it was like um, when we were planning out our year, like when we plan out 2017, we're going to be a lot more strategic around we're doing X, Y, and Z. Um, so it was kind of something that just came about because one of our uh, writers, Kate, she was just like, Oh, yeah. She's like, Have you ever thought about doing this? And we'll turn it into a book. And I was like, Yeah, that's a really good idea. I've been thinking about that. And I was like, And she's like, Yeah, I can, I can get it done. She's like, You want me to do it? And I was just like, yeah, why not? <laughs> and, um, she just started working away. She spent over like four, at least four months on it, on and off, um, going up and back. And and then we, then we got our editors involved and then we got some more writers involved. And then we we're just like, wow, this is an amazing body of work. What would it look like if we just didn't put, just put like, you know, text to paper what would it look like if we got it beautifully designed bringing in you know our our graphic design team and then they got involved and they're like wow okay we're gonna we're gonna crowdfund this thing this is this is epic like yeah yeah, let's let's see if something people care about enough um and if if they don't we we would just do a digital version uh because that's still true to the brand but um yeah so yeah that's how it all came about man it's been a really interesting journey
0: that's cool now, are you a print magazine as well, or is it all just digital
4: digital only
0: yeah was that a decision that was made, or how did you make that decision or you just did not want to get into print or what what, what kind of went behind that decision?
4: well, when I started the magazine, it cost me three thousand dollars on my credit card. I had no money at the time <laughs> um, literally knew nothing about publishing, so it would have been even more of a mission to to start a print magazine it, it was it, like found it was just seriously Jeff like a, a side hobby side side you know side passion project side hustle this is what Gary V calls them side hustles it was a side hustle yeah, yeah. passion project and I just um, just started it just to see and where, where it would land and just kind of it took off and um, as time went on you know I, I always felt that that digital was the way to go and and from a scalable model standpoint but then um, yeah, as time has gone on, I've I've always felt now that I think having something that people can hold in their hand to, it really changes the relationship with the brand. Now, this is not something I know from experience or fact, but I have a feeling, and I've had some friends that tell me this. So, um, yeah, that's... that's well, I, I, know, yeah. I know you're
0: right. I actually, uh, I help out a, a real good buddy of mine in my neighborhood it has a men's magazine called Stand, and it's print. And it is like print to the, you know, it's the... The twelve dollar magazine and it's beautifully, beautifully done. Mm. Um, but we're now trying to really massage digital into print in some way that doesn't kind of would say take away, but th- but it kind of does take away a little bit of h- how beautiful this print is when you hold it and you know just it's one of those really elegant magazines and it's unfortunately it's such a dying art form, mm. you know, in today's culture, you know. But I'll tell you when I when I got a chance to talk to you on this, that's why I was like, man. I want to hear how you are walking that thin line a little bit of understanding that, man, I can't wait to hold this magazine. I can't wait to hold your book, right? Like, I can't wait. Because it's going to... There is something more to it, and I don't know how else to to describe it, you know?
4: Mm. Yeah, look... um to be honest, Jeff, this probably isn't just our first foray into print. Like I look at HBR, they've got a whole bookstore, and and one thing they do. So I've I've pulled like all bits and pieces and formulated some idea here. Like HBR, you know, they they, they do killer content, man, and like. Right. Um, they pull all their they colla- they they you know pull their all their collateral together and curate and 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 print books flat out and you know they've got like 100 plus books in their bookstore on their store um, which i think is a really smart idea which is the reason we called it version 1.0 which leads to we can do 2.0 2 years from now we could do 3.0 sure. we can you know and i think also depending on how we go with this project we might do you know, uh, limited runs of the Branson edition. So just just do like you know, just the Branson edition, refurbished, redo it, um, and you know maybe re-interview him again, interview him again, and just do you know a, a like a, a limited edition for fun. I, I don't know. Like I think I think we can have some fun with it now. Like we, we've got well, sounds, our head around it.
0: You got options. It sounds like. Like yeah. You can kind of pull pull apart, put it back together. You know, and, and you know you have to realize. I mean. Nobody reads everything, right? Nobody's consuming every single thing you do, so it's always going to be new to somebody, you know?
4: Mm, Yeah, 100%, man. We're only just scratching the surface. Like, we, yeah, we're we're, kind of like, yeah, yeah, it's still early days.
0: So so what is your background then? Uh, Where did you grow up?
4: So I grew up uh, in hometown Melbourne, uh, in the suburbs, or the burbs. And uh, my okay. background is in IT. So before I started the magazine, I was doing um, IT support at a travel company. So had a real passion for marketing, though. That's probably, yeah, my big passion project is the marketing piece. I'm quite strong at that. And um, went back to university, did a master's of marketing while I was working in that day job doing IT support. Um, couldn't really get a job in marketing, so that's, that's kind of why I launched the magazine in many ways, actually, just to have some fun.
0: Right. Uh, what did your parents do, or what do they do?
4: Uh, so, my parents are retired now. Uh, my dad was a teacher. He used to teach computers, which is where I found my love of technology because I've always been brought up sure. with uh, computers and technology, and then my mom was a, a nurse. So, yeah, I never really had, you know, not really, my parents were, have never really been wealthy or anything, kind of middle class,
0: Mm-hmm. But where do you think that entrepreneur like um, kind of drive came from to you know leave your your IT job and to, to jump into you know diving head first into entrepreneurship uh, all the way to, to writing about it? You know, where that where do you think that came from?
4: Yeah, it was a combination of a few things, man. Like I've always been a bit of a hustler. Always used to sell stuff at school. Always was a bit of a wheeler and dealer, mover and shaker, super resourceful. Always, always, really good at problem solving. Um, like, you know, it was a combination. Like in my job or in IT support, all I did was fix problems and just solve problems and and tweak right. problems. And then, you know, I've always been quite resourceful when it when it comes to finding out solutions. Not just with like you know technical problems, but all sorts of problems. People always used to come to me like, "Oh, what do you think of this? You know, I've got this conundrum. Like, what what are some what are some options? What do you, what would you do? What would you think about doing?" So I've always been quite resourceful in that sense, and um, yeah, I guess um, you know uh, it was it was a co- it was a combination of also if I hadn't read the Four Hour Workweek or Rich Dad Poor Dad and certain books that have shaped, I guess, my perceptions of the world and, and how the world works, I, I still might be working a nine to five job. Um, so it was kind of you know a little bit serendipitous as well. That you know, a combination of all these different things of me as a person, me as a character, the things that were exposed to me, and then yeah, I guess um, I just kind of fell into it. But I also, you know, that frustration for not finding work that that really fulfilled me. I think that's really, really key as well. You know, um, right? And then yeah, uh, once you get it in you, you know, once you, once you, once you, you know. Get into it, and you know I've also got an obsessive personality, Jeff. So, like, you know, once I start, once I start something, and I love it, and I fall in love with it, um, you know, running a business, it's like you just can't stop, man. Like this is an obsession for me, dude. Like, I yeah, I, I have, so, yeah, yeah, I just have, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can't stop and just, it's just endless, right? Like there is no, there is no end. There there literally is no end. You can take the company as far as you want, right?
0: Yep. Well, I, I, well, just that or I don't want to do anything today. Yeah. Because I worked <laughs> until three in the morning yesterday. I'm okay. You know, it's, oh, it's going to be okay. And I, I, you know, it's something that my wife gets frustrated with because she's like, I just want to stay home on Thursday. I'm like, I'm sorry, you're, I'm just going to do it because I'll work all day tomorrow or whatever it is or be on the phone with you right now after our major holiday right like i just can't my wife was like just don't do it i was like no i you, what you that's no that's not how it works I, i'll do it i have to take this interview it's the most important thing going on for me it's like can't wrap their head around it and i don't i don't know how good is it it's great yeah you know i'm all right with it i just smile and be like okay You'll never get it. That's fine. I'll just move on. <laughs> She's not going to listen to this podcast anyway, so whatever. <laughs> That's a whole whole other conversation. So, you know, so over the last, uh, what, three, th- how long's the founder been? What was it? When did you start that again?
4: Uh, March 2013, so about three and a half years.
0: Okay. So what's been like the biggest pivot that you've had to kind of do over the last three years where, I don't know, you just couldn't get something done? Or was there a major roadblock in it, uh, over any of these last three years?
4: Yeah, I've had. I had quite a few, Jeff. Um, probably one of the biggest was when I first started the magazine. It wasn't actually called Founder. Um, in the first four months, we were sued for trademark infringement uh, for by a, by another big magazine. And okay. uh, interesting. Yeah, had to change the name to Founder, but it was actually a blessing in disguise. Um, so that was a pretty big roadblock. Um, mm. That was a tremendous roadblock.
0: Uh, yeah, it sounds like it.
4: Yeah, that's probably the biggest, biggest roadblock. I've had many others, but that's the first one that always comes to mind. Um, that's that's you know one of my real battle wounds. Um, yeah, look, we've had we've had quite a few. You know, like now now we've got quite a few people in the team structure leadership management stuff you know that's that's not easy man like when right. it's just you running the company you're a solopreneur you're doing everything you're utilizing contractors here and there but really it's it's all on your own back right like you get out what you put in you do get a lot of leverage from the internet and technology and stuff but for the most part you're the only one driving it but when when you have you know 7 8 people um and that's a relatively small team you know that's a family right and you got to organize sure. oh, these yeah. guys and you got to get them you know on on the right track and you've got to you know get them motivated and and you've got to make sure they're doing the right things and you got to you know yeah you got to you got to keep everyone happy and you got to build an amazing culture and yeah it's it's um quite the challenge so this this year I, i've spent a lot of time learning really what it takes to to scale a company once you um get it to a certain point by yourself um yeah because that's another animal so, from what i yeah. read oh, yeah whole yeah. another animal yeah you can only take it so far by yourself and the, and then the next level is is scaling through people scaling through people products and partnerships um and and i guess you know I guess more, 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 users or 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 marketing. You know, acquisition, customer acquisition. So, yeah, it's um, it's been interesting. There, there's been a lot of roadblocks along the way, but I'm I'm really excited because I'm I'm really starting to get the hang of things now, and I and I feel like you know this project is is, a, is going to be a great finish to the year. And, mm-hmm. you know, when it hits January, we'll be starting a fresh 2017. We've got some pretty aggressive goals, and I'm, I'm getting the team aligned to those goals. And, yeah, I, I feel so much clarity on what I need to do to really, you know, literally like 5X the company next year.
0: Yeah. That's that's another one. another one of the great things I love is when you do get that clarity moment, you know and you're like this is what i'm going to focus on and it like you can't really explain it it just pops in your brain you're like this makes all all the sense in the world is that what you're is that what you're feeling like for next year yeah
4: oh so much man like i'm just super pumped super excited just getting all the ducks in a row so yeah really yeah. excited man
0: yeah you just need the time to get here faster like okay we just gotta get that time we i need march to be here february you know <laughs> I just gotta get those those months in here so uh to kind of follow up on that question is so what's been the most I guess, monumental moment? Has there been a, just a major interview? Or was, you know, was there a moment that you just felt like you really cracked through? Maybe you were interviewing B-level entrepreneurs and then you got to A-levels? Or, or what's been like the, just the super great moment that's happened over the last three years?
4: Yeah, big, big turning point for us was uh, when we interviewed Richard Branson. That was a really, really big turning point. So that was for issue number yeah, that eight. Sounds like
0: a good one. I bet that was a good one. Yeah, yeah good that day.
4: Was, <laughs> yeah, that was a good one, especially because we were fairly new to the space. Eight months in. No, well, at the time it was four months in. So it was just around the time we got sued. We'd, we we uh, we locked down the interview with Branson, and um, yeah, it was. You know, it, that was a really big turning point for the business because. Uh, once we had Richard Branson on one of our front covers, people started to take the magazine and the brand seriously. And to be honest, sure. you know, full, with full transparency, Jeff, we've kind of built the brand off the back of that interview because from there we were able to get more interviews of, with high level, you know, I guess rock stars or um, for the brand, and then they've essentially become ambassadors for the brand. So everywhere you go, you know, and these books are great kind of marketing piece in that sense because you know you look at founder and all these interviews and you're like oh wow you know these these guys are legit um you sure. know these yeah so um you know that that's that's been a really really big turning point for the business
0: and and how did you make you know that sort of vulnerability jump, I mean, you're early in the company, like, to go after uh, a Richard Branson, just in general, just to be, like, confident enough to go after that. I mean, wh- kind of where do those balls come from, you know? Because, <laughs> you know, not everybody's going to go email the top you know, or whatever, reach out to the top, you know, uh, early.
4: Yeah. Well, here's the thing, right? Like, Richard Branson's been on the front cover of every business magazine, dude.
0: That's a, a good point.
4: <laughs> um, You know, like, like even ones that you and I have never heard of. You, you go to the newsstand. Right. And you'll see, like, Richard Branson on a front cover magazine you never heard of. And it's just like, you know, because there are these ones that, like, you, like, nobody's ever heard of. But they apparently, you know, have distribution of 100,000 and all these other things. And you never heard of sure. it, right? Like, right, yeah. Um, so what's interesting is that he's been on, on the front cover of many, many business magazines, man. So I thought, why can't he be on the front cover Founder? And mm-hmm. that's kind of what I, I worked with from there. I, I thought you know if others can get brands and well, why can't we we're, we're a publication like you know we're, we're, we're you know we're printing uh, you know we're, we're you know not printing per se but we're we're putting together a monthly issue every single month um, why not? And you know with that we just kind of took that idea and um, got out there and started pitching and um uh, before we know it, I'm on the phone to Richard Branson's head of PR, and I'll never forget pitching her. Like you know, it was late at night here in Australia, and um, I, I left her a lot of voicemails trying to call her on the phone, and uh, she was never getting back to me. It took me a couple of weeks to get on get on the phone with her, and uh, you know, I said, you know, I was so nervous and stumbling, and she said, I said, look, hey, my name's Nathan. Um, I run this magazine, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I'll be meaning to get back to you." And and then uh, she was just like, "Oh, you know," um, she was just like, "Oh, um, I've got about two minutes. I'm just about to jump on the tube in London." And uh, she said, no, I just gave my pitch, and you know, I was I was a hopeless, man, just stumbling and stuttering. I was so nervous." Right. And uh, she said, "Oh well, look, please understand. You know, we get this request at least ten times a day." And wow. um, you know, I'll see what I can do. She's like, oh, no promises, but I promise you this much: I will get back to you, regardless of the outcome. And she said, "You, he, you know, you've got my email. Send me an email." Um, and I just sent an email. It was it had a really, really good pitch, and I played on the fact that his first, uh, that his first uh, venture. Was in fact uh, his first business venture was in fact a student magazine, and wow. um, yeah, it. it uh, he said yes, and then we kind of took that and ran with it, made that our f- first actual free issue, and then we've used that as a really strong lead magnet for yeah the life of the company ever since and. Uh, Probably still will for a long time, to be honest, Jeff. Like uh, as mentioned, I think we'll do a printed version. We might do a re, re you know, rehashed, you know, refurbished version because it was, you know, a couple couple years ago now. Right. Um, so well, I can tell
0: you, I haven't seen it, and I, I mean, I think I came into your world maybe four months ago. You know. Signed up for uh, some content and then started diving in deeper and deeper and deeper. So like that's something I actually haven't even seen yet. So yeah, wow. I would be your audience. You yeah. know?
4: Wow. that's awesome, man. Yeah, it's funny that you know, like you know, we we put out so much content, dude. That's why it was cool to decide to just wrap together this physical book because it can be just a really great body of work that you know hopefully mo- you know a lot of people in our audience get to get to at least hear about or, or, or consider, you know, having it on their bookshelf or on the coffee table or putting in their hands and, and delving into it. So, because there's, yep. you know, there's a lot of gold in there, man.
0: Yeah, I bet. So, well, let's flip over to the Kickstarter then. Let's, let's talk about when you decided that you wanted to actually use Kickstarter to, to kind of launch this product. And I know you talk a lot about, or you interview, you know, successful campaigns as well. So, what did you guys do as a strategy before you went to launch um, this idea?
4: Yeah, in terms of strategy, um, we were lucky enough about a year or so ago, before we even decided to do a Kickstarter campaign, this is long before we even decided, we had a lot of people asking about raising capital. Like, that is hmm. that is a common question that our audience asks. Sure. I and so, yeah. one of our, another one of our writers, you know, some, some of our writers come up with some killer ideas, right? And... And another one of our writers, Andrew, he was like, Oh, why don't we create this crowdfunding guide, like the ultimate crowdfunding guide? And we interview some of the most successful, you know, Kickstarter and Indiegogo campaigners. And uh, we went down this path of what that would look like. And we interviewed like eight super, super successful crowdfunding campaigners um, off you know, Indiegogo and Kickstarter. And it was really cool because. Um, we had a good relationship with the PR agency, so they even got us um, an interview with the founder of Indiegogo. And she was actually kind of the person that coined, you know, crowdfunding and conceptualized it and, you know, brought crowdfunding well before Kickstarter. And, um, yeah, been, it's been really, really interesting. Uh, so long story short, you know, um, we did have quite a, a significant, amount of knowledge um, just from interviewing so many successful campaigners. So I took a few bits and pieces from that, like, you know, one big thing was they were like, every single one said, make sure you have a launch party, whatever you do. Um, Every, you know, all these others were saying, make sure you build a pre-launch list, like we have a deep, reasonable size email database, but... We we worked very hard to segment that email database, um, our email database, to only really, for the most part, let a lot of people know that are interested about the book. Um, and, and we still, you know, updating people quite frequently. We've still got 20 days left of our campaign, so we're updating people quite frequently to that select target audience that have said they're interested. Um, uh, what were some other things around the strategy that we did was not only not only did we utilize the launch party for kickoff, but, you know, we used all of our assets, dude. We used our, you know, close to a million followers on Instagram. We utilized our podcast of 100,000 listeners. We used our magazine. We used our whole email database of 250,000 – no, 300,000. Um, you know, we utilized uh, our blog, you know, our website – um, we utilized all the people that were in the book, getting them to promote, all of our contacts and friends, getting them to promote. Then also we were... Um another thing that we did which I think was 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 really really strong was uh, in the you know part of some of our perks you know we, we do like hundred books or or 50 books or you know sponsorship packages so we're actually doing a lot of cold um, not so much cold but outbound we're doing a lot of outbound sales like so I've got one guy that's that's looking to buy uh, 500 books for 10 grand, you know, that's not even, that's not even, that's not even a perk in the platform, but we're going to do something custom. So if he puts the money through the platform, which is, I don't know, some would think it's crazy, but we want to just crush our Kickstarter campaign. So we'll give sure. Kickstarter the 10% and we'll put get him to put the money through the platform. Um, so he's, he's, you know, he's very, very warm and, you know, he's looking good. And then, you know, we've got quite a few other people um, that, that we've done from just, just outbound sales. Like you know, um, our accountants from our accounting firm have bought a hundred books. Um, a couple of others have bought a hundred books. So yeah, but but those have only come from us doing outbound stuff. You know, we're looking at uh, partnering up with some big brands because a lot we get asked to do sponsorships all the time. So we're getting them to put all their sponsorship dollars that they want to put through our sponsorship packages to, for the Kickstarter campaign. So. Yeah, it's been an interesting one, man. Like you know, the launch party was massive. Um, I think you know, just using that whole thunderclap strategy, uh, utilizing UpViral—that's that's been an incredible tool yep. for us. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen, but
0: Yep, I have. Yeah, I, I, I actually learned about it through you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I said when I uh, when I, did, I was like, this is awesome. This is a great tool, uh, and I recommended it to a client to use, and they're gonna we're gonna try it out for them. Uh, uh, probably in March uh, you know we're slowly getting that their whole campaign built so I thought that was a great tool
4: yeah another one we did which I think has had a lot of success is is we built a, a little um, community around the campaign so we, we put together a Facebook group and uh, we we made people apply so out of all the people that segmented we had about 5,000 people that we segmented from our list in the in about you know a month that said that they were interested in in the book, um, from that you know, five thousand people, we sent out an email saying, um, "Would you like to be a founder insider?" And if you're, and you had to fill out an application form, and if you're an insider, you get to see behind the scenes of all the campaign, and we share with you all the strategies and everything that we're doing. Oh, cool. And um, that's been an incredible little uh, community uh, that is, you know, kind of really really helped get behind driving the book um so that's yeah that's that's been incredibly powerful and you know i I can't thank our community enough so we've been lucky that you know we have we do have quite a reasonable size community that you know people really really happy to get behind it and support it and spread the word and um yeah now for for us the strategy is we've got a we've got a um We've got a Black Friday sale going on for the Kickstarter campaign, which is interesting. So um, you can up pledge if you, if you, if you buy a four-pack. So we just created a four-pack. Like we didn't have this before. So we created a new reward tier, which is a four-pack. And if you pledge to that four-pack, you will get one book for free plus the lifetime subscription. So it'll be interesting to see how that one goes. I'm, I'm interested to see how that goes. Um, so we're doing that. Plus, uh, we've got some event-based stuff happening. We're going to do some Kickstarter live stuff, plus some Facebook live stuff on our Facebook page. Then also, we're just going to keep pushing hard on the outbound sales. Um, One of the guys in our team, David, he should be able to fill up all the sponsorship slots. So there's... Five, Yeah, there's five sponsorship slots. The five of the ultimate sponsorship slots and then uh, four more left. Yeah, so there's only four left of each. So there's four, four of the sponsorship of just, um, you know, just uh, I think it's it's an ad in the magazine, a podcast piece, a podcast shout-out. And then there's the ultimate sponsorship pack where we give, you know, the full guns blazing stuff. And, yeah, there's five of each and, and someone's already sold. Someone's already taken – one of them, and then someone's going to taking the other one. So there's four each of the two sponsorship packages. Dave should be able to sell those by the end of the 20 days. He's he's quite good, and uh, yeah, we've got a few more people that are interested in buying, you know, uh, uh, large quantities of books. So I'd hope, you know, I, I'd hope, and our goal is to get to over over two hundred thousand. We'd we'll see how we go though.
0: Yeah, you've got a, you got a nineteen twenty more days to go ballpark there. So so you know, kind of talking about. Uh, you know, you've had you've built this great network just around you over the last three years. How you know, and I know there's no simple answer for this, but how do you get traffic? You know, or you know, what is your just you know elevator pitch on how you get traffic around you? Your Instagram and YouTube and all the all the channels you have. How do you get people there? You know what, what's your what's your take on that?
4: Hmm. Well, I guess. I guess you gotta take it one piece at a time, man. So, like, when you when you have a website, that's your hub, right? So, if you if you draw on a piece of paper, and a, you know a circle, it's a round circle, and you you write their website. So that's your website. And then you know, if you were to do lines from the sun, so you know you got one line, then you got another line, then you got another line. Um, you know, you could draw one line, and for us, that one line is Instagram. So that's been an incredible source of traffic for us. But you know that that didn't come like straight away. It's something that we developed over time. We've been on Instagram for two years now. And we've got right. close to a million followers. So you know that that's one line from the sun. And then and then you look, and then you can draw another line for us for our podcast. And you know the mm-hmm. podcast comes from all the interviews we do from the magazine which is another line from the sun and then from our instagram page and and you know everywhere else and the podcast and the magazine and all these other places we have our email database which is another line from the sun and then you know from from our email database we also have our blog which is another line from the sun, and you know that's what's driving a lot of traffic and building things. And then also we do a lot of guest posts, and I do a lot of podcast interviews, so that's another line from the sun. And then you know just keep going on and on and on. Whether it's social right. media, you know, where, where, whether it's you know paid traffic, so we do you know paid traffic. There's another line from the sun with with Facebook. You know, we do a lot of Facebook ads, or you know, we, we drive traffic from our organic Facebook page, and then there's our our Twitter page, which has. You know, close of a hundred thousand followers. And then yeah, you just kind of keep building those lines around the sun and, and it all goes back to that central place. And that's that's how you essentially drive traffic. Jeff Right. You you just right. do one line at a time. You can do a couple at a time. Depends how big your team is, depends what you have going on. And you what you want to do is you wanna repurpose so you want to get as much leverage. Like for us, we're a content powerhouse, and we want to repurpose as much as possible. So next year, we're going to have a strong emphasis in terms of content and driving traffic. We're going to have a few strong emphases. One on paid traffic. We, I, want, I want us to be spending hundreds of thousands of dollars every month on paid traffic, as long as we know our numbers. Um, another one's on YouTube. I want to create YouTube video TV series for fun and uh, syndicate those around all of our traffic channels. And then another one is is blogging. I want us to be producing five articles a day. Uh, not not a day. Sorry, five articles wow. a week at minimum. Yeah, that,
0: that, that blew me back. I was like, "Wow, that's a lot of content." Yeah, yeah, five I'm to blogging.
4: seven, five to seven, super in depth, two thousand five hundred, three three thousand plus, really amazing pieces per week. And that's not including guest posts. I'd want the same amount of volume as guest posts. Um, so. Yeah, they're, they're, that's how we're going to drive even more traffic, dude. Um, so yeah, there's some things that we'll be working on next year to really scale things up. So yeah, we're going to need more riders. Yeah, we're going to need you know another editor. Like, but that's cool, you know, because I can see the return and right. Yeah, yeah. So right. so this is how we drive traffic, and then also another way we drive traffic is, and this is this is one that's I don't know if you'd call it a line in the sun because it's not a channel, but it's a great one is word of mouth. So yeah. So, you know, for example, this Kickstarter campaign, this is generating incredible amounts of word of mouth for us and it's going to be an incredible story for the brand. And that's what I, That's why I prefer to put, you know, 10 grand of books sold for the platform and give the 10% to Kickstarter because I know that that Kickstarter page is going to be on the internet forever. And it's going to be a reference point or part or a, a part of our history in the timeline of founder of the brand, and you know it's it's a big turning point. It's our first physical project. It's going to be something that we can refer to for many years to come. You know, I look at Seth Godin's. You know, that's a that's something he's chalked up. You know, he did a crowdfunding campaign for a book, The Icarus Deception. Same with same with Eric Reese. He did his second book, The Leader's Guide. You know, that was a crowdfunding campaign, physical book. Same with us. We did our first physical book on Kickstarter. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I'd prefer to just really crush it extremely hard. You know, heck, I'd be – I first said I wanted to do 300 grand. Um, we'll see how we go. I'll be happy with 200. If we, if we don't get to 200, I'll be pretty <laughs> mad. Uh, but I think we can. Um, so – yeah, because I know that that story, that word of mouth, people like, you know, these, these guys, this is what they did here. Look at it. Check it out. You know, people can see how much money we made that, 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 drives people. That drives a lot of people to a page. It drives a lot of traffic, word of mouth. If you've got a good story, you've got something that's, you know, people want to talk about, you know, and, and for a long time, people have talked. I'm not to say I'm not blowing, you know, smoke up my, my own ass, man, but, um, you know, people. People that that is a that is an element for us that people do talk about it and it drives traffic, you know, like, you know, I've sure. just heard so many stories of like, you know, a friend recently, um, one of our, our foreign exchange dealer went to visit his friend in Korea and his friend in Korea asked him if he knew about founder and he's like, yeah, then one of my clients or, you know, one of our writers was on a boat from Sydney and somebody was talking about, you know, the founder brand and the podcast and how he should, why he should check it out and what this guy called Nathan Chan is doing with it. And so, You know, these are just a few stories, and that's word of mouth that drives traffic, man.
0: Yeah, that's cool. So if you were talking to somebody who was getting ready to launch a Kickstarter and didn't have a network like you have built over the last couple of years, what would you tell them is the first thing they're really focused in
4: on? The product. I think, like with full transparency, Jeff, I don't think our product is as sexy as some of the other stuff on there, man. Sure, right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Let's call a spade a spade. Like, there are some incredible things. Like, the coolest shit you have ever seen on Kickstarter. Yeah. Like, ours is a book. It's fucking cool. Don't get me wrong. And I'm very proud of it. It's the best body of work. But some of these gadgets, man. Like, how can you compete with that, dude? Like, and and you can see, like, how they get, you know, 500 grand in three days and all this ridiculous stuff. Because it's so out there. Like... Right. There's one that's like a, it's like a, oh, there's one that we were looking at, I was looking at before, and I just backed it because I think it's just so epic, and it was like this, um, oh, it's like this drone, but it, it, it like, it, it puts, it, it can fall, it can fall apart into eight pieces, or it can come back together, and it can also be something that goes in water, like, so not only does it fly, but it also can, can, um, can, can move in water, like, it's, oh, it's yeah, I- incredible.
0: Yeah, I saw that one. I did see that one, what you're talking about. It goes underwater.
4: You yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's so sweet. Yeah, yeah. You know? So I think I think more than anything, if someone wants to get started on Kickstarter, they don't have the network that we have. It's got to be a product that is so, so newsworthy. It's got obviously got to be a physical product. It's got to be so, so newsworthy that... It's just going to just spread like wildfire organically. I think I think that's the first place to start. You know, you have got to have a certain kind of product for Kickstarter. For us, we've relied pretty heavily on our community. I'm not going to lie, um, yeah. to to bring it to life. But you know, I can tell you this for a fact, and you might find this interesting. So, Kickstarter tells us um, in the breakdown how much of direct traffic we've driven from all our channels and how much of their organic traffic has driven us buyers. And I can tell you that, you know, let's, let's let's pull it up right now because your audience will find this really interesting. So if I pull up this campaign right now in the dashboard, um, we've raised 74 grand and I can tell you that out of that 74 grand, Um, 11,175 has come from Kickstarter organic stuff. So it's safe to say a big proportion of that 11,000 are the crowdfunding community, the Kickstarter community, people that do not know the brand. So yeah, we're doing okay because we were actually featured by Kickstarter as well as one of their projects that they love, and and we're featured quite prominently on the homepage of the publishing section, and 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 have been in the homepage, not at very high, but yeah, we've got some really good traction there. So yeah, you could say that um, you know uh, that 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 has definitely helped us, but. Yeah, look, I think I think it's got to be the product. Um, you know, if you don't have a network like ours, you can get some organic growth like we have. We've we've made about ten grand so far in organic, which is pretty decent. And we've been the campaign's been out for about ten days. Um, then you know, I think the next thing you got to do is is Facebook ads. Facebook ads around whatever that problem is that you're solving and start building your email list and you've got to start building it 3 to 4 months out. You know, we we only build our segmented list 1 month out. You have got to start if you're starting fresh, you don't have any audience, any network, you've got to start building at least 3 to 4 months out and you want to you want to have 3 to 5000 people that are really interested and really excited. And uh, start to build that little facebook group there 's a lot of power in those Facebook groups and you know build a community around your product and and there 's something really magical you know I, I forgot to mention this, Jeff, but you asked me why another reason why we did the Kickstarter. I think there's something really magical about asking your community to help bring a product to life. Like when I had the launch party, I invited, you know, some of my close friends. So I had, you know, we had about a hundred, you know, about, now it's probably closer to 80 people at this launch party, just at our offices. And, you know, we made an event out of it. So we had a, a speaker and I spoke and, you know, we got everyone to back on the night as soon as we went live. So we went live at the launch party and, um, you know, the split was, you know, 60 people, uh, 60% of people were from the founder community just that, that were in, living in Melbourne. One person even flew down from Sydney, which is, you know, I was just so humbled and incredible that this person took the time to do that and uh, because he loves the brand that much. And, you know, the other 40% were, were my friends and family. And, you know, my friends, you know, I, I, I saw them on the weekend and they, and they say, oh, yeah, I can't stop refreshing it. I'm following it constantly. Like like they're even like just so excited to be behind it to help bring it to life and yep. you know that's the same for the community it's it's such a not a hard sell and that's and that's very beautiful i think in in a day and age where people are just constantly sold to so much noise like being so transparent saying this is how much this product is making you can help bring right. it to life we'd love your help you know, we don't know if this will work. You're going to get the product at the cheapest price possible. We're not making a margin. We're not. We're making not really much money at all. It's not going to be a profitable venture. That what will you know? Um, and and a small portion of every book sold goes to charity. You know, it's it's a beautiful coffee table book. It's the it's the cheapest price. You know, Apple just launched a a coffee table book for 300 US, and we're selling ours for 40 Australian. Like, <laughs> come on, you know, like. Yeah, so, yeah, that that's, I, I think there's something very special about that, man.
0: Yeah, I, I agree, man. That's, everything you just said is why I, I mean, I jumped into Kickstarter 2010, just helping people and raising money for everybody, because I just love the power of the crowd, man. There's no better mm. validation that your idea is good, you know, that people want it, you know, and they want to get behind you. It's just, you know, it's all good feelings, mm. you know, at the end of the day, so... So what is so what does the next nineteen days 19, 20 days look like for you uh, for the campaign? Do you have any sort of major strategies you're getting ready to do, or you know what happens for the next couple of weeks?
4: Yeah, big time. So I'm really interested to see how this uh, Black Friday sale goes and how many people we can get to up pledge. Uh, we are aiming for I don't know JC and our team. He said let's 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 see if we can get twenty k. I don't know if we get twenty k from up pledges from the Black Friday sale, but um, right. We'll see how that goes. The up pledge this weekend. So that's going to, let's see, let's see if the Black Friday sale does well. Um, so again, yeah, we're obviously going to try to get as many people that purchase one book to get a, a, you know, a pack of five, which is the cost of four. Um, so yeah, plus they get, you know, some other bonuses. So we'll see how that goes. Um, so that's this weekend. And then we're pushing really, really hard on, on the media and the press. With full transparency, man, though, we haven't been having much luck. We got a few features in the Huffington Post. Um, I forgot to also mention as part of the strategy, I went on thirty podcasts and and teed them up to go live on uh, the date of the launch. Um, and then you wow. know I'm, I'm you know being humbled to be asked to be on your show and a few other shows along the way. And and you know the, the podcasts are definitely helping. and that's kind of kind of bringing still you know still to this day traffic and traction. Um, what well, it will continue to you know utilize our email database, Facebook ads. I think will be a strong one as well. Um, tracking's a bit of a pain, but we've worked out a workaround that can help us help us actually track traffic sources, so we can really scale up our ads now. Which is um which is something I'm really excited about because I think we can do some incredible things because we've got a retargeting list of around you know. 250,000 that have visited our website in the past three months, which is really strong. Um, So, yeah, we've got a strong retargeting list um, that we need to be utilizing big time Um, as long as we know our numbers, which we will be able to now on Facebook ads. We're using Google AdWords, retargeting, um, uh, trying to get as much press as possible, not having much luck, but we'll keep pushing. Um, it's, It's a bit of a rough game, that one, for us we're not that strong at it um so we we are but we aren't yeah but yeah that hasn't had much traction but i will we'll keep pushing for that um and then the outbound stuff i think i think outbound the outbound sales with the the sponsorship deals the, the bulk of book buys like the big book buys and then also um Another one is the workshop. We got um, you know two in-person workshops, so we'll just we'll just do outbound sales to any any digital agencies here in Melbourne, and I think we'll be able to sell it. Like what, like I reckon if we did an, an in-person you know workshop on content and social media and share how we got to like a close to a million followers on Instagram in two years in two years, and and how they can do that for their clients, I think that'd be they'd be happy to pay a few thousand dollars for us to come in and do a whole day workshop for them. Um, So yeah, we'll just go outbound on it, man. Just, you know, go, you know, just start doing some calls and, and reaching out to people. And I think we can sell those as well. Um, And then uh, another thing that we're doing um, is utilizing all our traffic sources still like the podcast, the magazine, the blog with pop-ups, our email list and all of our social channels, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, et cetera, et cetera. Talked about paid traffic, and then um, another thing we're doing is just deals flat out, like in the in the nicest way possible, like. Um, for example, you know, someone, someone, you know, I'm just doing flat out deals, man. Like, I'll be 100% honest with you. Like, I'm just going hardcore hustle, man. Like, someone right. wrote to me on LinkedIn and said they're visiting from America and they're coming down to Melbourne and they wanted to talk business and they want to catch up. I get, I, I'm, you know, uh, not to, you know, blow smoke up my own ass, but I do get a lot of people that want to catch up. So I said, yeah, look, happy to catch up if you buy 10 books. Boom, done. He bought 10 books. So I'll catch up with him for half an <laughs> hour. You know, we've got a lot of those kind of going on. You know, people contact us. They want a, a shout out on Instagram. you got to buy three books. Boom, sold three books. So you got to put it through the platform. So we, we'll be doing right. that at, at a much bigger scale. Like just, 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 a, yeah, just, we're just doing that flat out, man. That's, that's what we're doing, bro. We're that's just cool. cutting deals yeah, left, right, yeah. and set up. Just hardcore hustle. So-
0: so then, uh, we, we kind of talked about it a little bit, but let's just kind of kind of go back over it one more time here. And then, what what kind of does the next year look like for founder? I mean, wh- you know, what are you imagining this time next year looks like?
4: Hmm. Well, we're really tapping into the um, education space now too. So we're we're kind of become a hybrid between a media company and education company. Um. So we're going to have a lot more courses, at least five more. Um, we'll also have an office in LA and we're doing more content at scale, uh, especially video. And, um, yeah, we're, we're going to be imp- impacting the lives of so many more people. Uh, hopefully the book is selling um, in, in bookstores all around the world as well and, and probably translated into many different languages as well. Cool. Um, yeah, so that's kind of pretty exciting. Our team probably will have doubled. Um And, yeah, just just kind of doing what we're doing, do more content at scale, help as many people as possible, help more, produce more content, and, uh, yeah, just just really scale that stuff up and, and, uh, yeah, create a lot more free stuff as well. So, yeah, that's probably us, man.
0: That's awesome. Well… As somebody who is monitoring and following, and uh, I've signed up, and I get the emails, I love it, man. It's all, everything you're doing is right in my wheelhouse. I am your customer. Uh, I am the young entrepreneur who is uh, busting it every day, and uh, I love everything you're, you're, you're sending out in the world, man. It's all great.
4: Oh Well, thank you so much, Jeff. You're far too kind, man. I really appreciate you having me on in your time, dude.
0: No problem. Thank you so much for taking your time out of your day, man. I think my listeners are going to definitely dig this, this Tons of great information, and I know they're going to be uh, doing some clicking around in your uh, into your universe because uh, we talk to <laughs> entrepreneurs too. So it's great,
4: awesome. Well, look, thank you so All much right. for your time, man, and having me. It's an absolute pleasure.
0: So, how about that conversation, huh? Man, I'm super excited that Nathan took the time out of his middle of his night. Uh, yeah, I kind of forgot that he woke up at one in the morning to have this conversation with me. Um, but I think that's the drive, right? That's what we're all talking about here is uh, doing the ridiculous stuff, right? You know, Leaving a warm bed to get up to talk to me in Detroit to uh, talk about his Kickstarter. So Nathan, you again so much for uh, taking time out of your night to chat with us. And uh, I know my listeners are going to get a ton of great info. If you haven't already, go to his Kickstarter page, buy the book, um, read it enjoy it maybe subscribe to the magazine uh really get into his world because there's a lot of great stuff going on there so all right so the song we're listening to is a song i wrote a long time ago called another day uh i don't think i ever released it but uh you guys can have a have a have a gander and check it out you know have a listen and uh i will talk to you all hope everybody has a great week and uh, we'll see you all next week thanks